0: Then listen to Ask the Pediatricians every Thursday by 10 AM for insightful discussion on popular child health topics such as dangerous child health practices, immunization, infant feeding, developmental milestones and so much more. You also get to ask questions on these topics and listen to answers to real-life child health issues by a pediatrician. Ask the Pediatricians Foundation is devoted to health education and information of parents and caregivers of children in the community to support you in raising healthy children. Don't miss Ask the Pediatricians with Dr. Gumi because it's informative, educative and interactive. Ask the Pediatricians Hour, the program for caring parents.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Ask the Pediatrician Hour. I am Boyde, I'm a pediatrician and CEO, Axe the Pediatrician Foundation. As you, some of you are aware, on Axe the Pediatricians Foundation, our mission is to promote the health and welfare of our children and to ensure that no child dies from preventable causes, and we do that through our programs online. Uh, such as this one, and also offline through our community medical outreaches. So I really want to thank you so much for joining us today, where we'll be talking again about another important topic. And for the past couple of weeks, I've been discussing uh, what I call the vaccine preventable diseases. These are conditions that were child killers, you know, they tend to kill a lot of our children. Well, thank God we now have... Uh, an arsenal in our fight against them, and that is our vaccines. And today I'm going to be talking about tuberculosis. Yes, I'm sure most of us are familiar with tuberculosis, and some of us may think tuberculosis only affects adults, but actually tuberculosis affects children as well, and it tends to be more um, dangerous, you know, and in our children, especially if children under the age of five. So join us today so you can learn everything you need to know about tuberculosis and how we can prevent tuberculosis. So, on whichever platform you're watching from, I want to say thank you. Uh for those of you who are watching our Facebook group or Facebook page, you're welcome. And to those of you who are watching, on our YouTube channel, you're also welcome. For those of you listening on uh, Fresh Waste Radio or Ask Dr. Women ETD podcast, you are also warmly welcome. And you know you can watch all the past episodes that I mentioned about still on the same platform that you're watching on right now. However, before I go into the broadcast for today, I just want to remind you of our upcoming ATP schools first aid care project where we're we'll going to our schools secondary schools specifically to train our students on how to do basic first aid care for common medical emergencies. we will be giving them reminder booklets. I also give the schools like H-E-P-E, uh, first aid care calendar, something to remind all of us in case of an emergency, what do we do? And so if you'd like to be a part of this project, please, our account details are on the screen. You can contact us via our email, our WhatsApp number. We will try and. Um, tell you how you can be part of this nothing is too small to give and we want you to support us to to reach our students we believe that if we catch them young then this will translate when there's an emergency people know what to do and that way a lot more lives will be saved so thank you so much for being part of that project and if you have any questions feel free to reach us on any of our social media platform or our facebook page or our uh, whatsapp number or our email address at and you can also check out also on our website all right so thank you so much and without further ado we're going to go into today's topic and like i said we're going to be talking about tuberculosis and um tuberculosis what is tuberculosis uh, many of us are familiar with the word and some of us use the native name people talk about equal, you feel like a cough that is really <laughs> Long, that is very difficult, and that's because one of the most common manifestations of tuberculosis is uh, cough or what we call pneumonia, tuberculosis pneumonia. But actually, that's not the only organ that tuberculosis can affect. So, what is tuberculosis? Tuberculosis is a serious bacterial infection, it is just like any other bacterial infection, but it is caused by a particular bacteria. Uh, which we call mycobacterium tuberculosis. Uh, don't, don't, don't worry about the terminology, but just know that, it's caused by bacterial infection, a kind of special bacteria, because it tends to stay long in the body and then cause infection for a long time. And so tuberculosis is actually a bacterial infection. I think that's the most important thing for us to know. Uh, however, it's one infection that can affect virtually all the organs in the body. And like I said, it can affect both children and both adults. So it is not only a condition that you see in adults but it actually also affects our children and it's also more important for us to understand that it can affect children because sometimes in children we don't tend to see the classical symptoms that some of us are familiar with now people say when you're coughing up blood oh it could be tuberculosis but in children you may not not cough up blood they may not even cough up anything but they could still also have tuberculosis so let's not be deceived by the fact that the symptoms in children are not always very, very obvious. So, tuberculosis is a bacterial infection. It can affect virtually all the organs in the body. It can affect the brain. It can cause tuberculosis meningitis. It can affect the lungs. It can cause what we call tuberculosis pneumonia. It can affect even the entire body. We call it disseminated tuberculosis. It can go into the bone. It can go into uh, kidneys. So, there's virtually... Any organ that cannot be affected by tuberculosis, you know, so it can go into the stomach as well. It can go into the lymph nose. and some lymph nodes. Sometimes people, call, uh, my child's lymph nodes are swollen. Sometimes it could actually be tuberculosis, especially if it is big and they are kind of what we call matted together, like stuck together. Uh, so those are uh, th- those are organs that the tuberculosis could affect. It could, could go through the whole blood. And spread to um all the organs in the body. And what there are some facts we need to know about tuberculosis, you know, in 2001 alone, 2021, sorry, about 1.6 million people died from tuberculosis. Just in one year, 1.6 million people died worldwide from tuberculosis so this shows you that tuberculosis is a serious uh, infection and it is something that we really need to know about. In fact all globally it is a 13 1 three cause of death So when we talk about causes of death, adult children they them one to two to three tuberculosis is number 13 and and it is when we talk about infection, Killing people, tuberculosis actually is the only one that comes next after COVID, you know. And apart from HIV, so it's a very serious infection. Unfortunately, people that tend to have HIV tend to also have tuberculosis. So the combination of them is just. very dangerous. So a lot of people, ten point six million people actually had tuberculosis in twenty twenty one as well, and about six million were men, three point four million were women, and one point two million of them are children as well. So tuberculosis is a condition that is present in all. It can affect women, adults, and also uh, male and it can also affect children as well. And remember. It can kill so you can imagine 10.6 million people having to the classes, men women children and 1.6 million of those people died in that same year so it is a condition that is not limited to those of us in the third world or those of us It's some It's a, it's a condition that affects every country it is present in every country and it is present worldwide and it can affect any age group so the good news about tuberculosis is that it is curable it is treatable it is preventable all right so we don't have to have conditions that are killers, like to HIV, for example, even COVID-19, that are actually treatable and curable and preventable. We often don't have that uh, scenario. We're often not that lucky. But for tuberculosis, we're actually lucky in the sense that we can actually prevent it, we can cure it, and it can actually be treated as well. So we're lucky, but then, I'll come many many people and especially our children are still dying from tuberculosis this is because of the way tuberculosis tends to uh prevent so and like we said we have different kind of tuberculosis as well but how comes that uh some tuberculosis uh can be resistant to medication which is the main problem so even though it's a treatable and curable condition sometimes you have cases of tuberculosis that do not respond to the initial kind of drugs that we normally use to treat tuberculosis. We call them multi-drug resistant tuberculosis, and this is where the problem is. Because when we are giving the drugs and the person is not responding, what can we do? And this is a serious security, uh, health security threat. So. Um, Unfortunately, people that have the multi-drug resistant tuberculosis, especially in countries where they don't have enough financial resources, they may not be able to get treatment, okay? They may not be able to get treatment, and they are the ones that may end up dying from tuberculosis. However... If we're able to make a diagnosis of tuberculosis and treat it, we can actually save millions of lives. In fact, the WHO estimated that between 2000 and 2021, over 21 years, 74 million lives were saved. You know, 74 million people that could have died did not die because we were able to make the diagnosis of tuberculosis and we were able to treat it. And billions and billions of dollars have been Pumped into tuberculosis diagnosis and treatment. In fact, it's one condition in most countries that treatments diagnosis is free. Even in Nigeria, we we try to diagnose and treat it for free. So um, the World Health Organization and many other bodies we are working towards ending tuberculosis epidemic. You know, so that's one of the targets. You know, by 2030, United Nations Sustainable Development Goal SDG is one of the goals is to end tuberculosis, so tuberculosis pandemic. So that tells you how how serious tuberculosis is, is if it is ending hope in the SDGs, that it's a global problem. And it's it's one condition that we should be able to get over because we can prevent, we can treat. So why are we still stuck with it? Why are we still losing 1.6 million people annually from tuberculosis. So this is just to give us an overview of how important tuberculosis is and why it's so important to talk about it. And more importantly, I want you to understand that tuberculosis can affect children. I mean, in my own consistency, so we don't want to think it's an adult disease and we forget our children. Tuberculosis can affect children as well. And the challenge with tuberculosis, number one, there are different types of it. Okay, similar to polio like talk talked about last week. Uh, in tuberculosis, you can have what we call latent TB. In other words, a child can be infected with tuberculosis and not have any symptoms. So this child has tuberculosis infection. Usually children get it from the adults in the family, uh, close contact, family members and all that and they already got into tuberculosis, and sometimes it could be our grandparents, you know, adults tend have tuberculosis, and they're coughing, and they come to stay, <laughs> and, you know, of course, they have to carry their grandchildren and all that. Sometimes in the process, these children actually get tuberculosis infection, but they don't show any signs and symptoms at all. We call that latent tuberculosis, all right? and but some children may have tuberculosis infection and they become sick so we call that active tuberculosis and at one point the latent tuberculosis the one that does not show any symptoms can become active you know and these are some of the challenges we have in terms of making diagnosis of tb how do we know a child who has latent tuberculosis that is not showing symptoms and then What will make a child who has the infection, who is not showing symptoms, to go to the active tuberculosis where they are actually very sick? It has to do with the immune system. Okay. So, if anything happens to that immunity of the child, and you know, common things in children that tend to lower the immunity, malnutrition. So, the child is not actually when we start going into six months old, and you know, we're supposed to start our children on complementary feeding. A lot of mothers struggle with that breastfeeding is usually absolutely brace. once the mothers get over the first ones one week one month and they got breastfeeding established you know they just fly through that first six months no stress just put the baby to the breast nothing to do nothing to prepare just put the breast in the mouth and maybe it's getting all their nutrition and absolutely uh wonderful if you're doing exclusive breastfeeding but usually when it is uh six months breastfeeding is longer enough and we have to switch over to complementary reading lot of mothers struggle and these are the period where uh children may develop some form of malnutrition due to poor inadequate feeding and this is this period children are exploring touching things you know exposing themselves to infections and of course the immunity begins to wane because most of the protection from breastfeed, protection from the mother is also beginning to wear off and the baby has to produce their own immune, immune response to things. And so if a child already has latent tuberculosis infection and anything like malnutrition or any other illness, viral infections drop the immunity, then those children can become active tuberculosis, they now will develop into uh, the active tuberculosis uh, kind of stage. And that is where the danger is. That is where we can lead. Uh, this is where we can lose our children. So that is, um, that's what come in. Important when we talk more about management and diagnosis of tuberculosis. So, like we said, what causes tuberculosis? It is caused by the cb bacteria, mycobacterium tuberculosis. You don't have to remember the big jargon, you know. So, the good thing is that normally our body, our immune system tends to fight all the we are all exposed to these germs as our children, they are all exposed to this germ, and normally the immune system fights these germs, including the tuberculosis bacteria. And so the person will not develop the infection, especially if we have also immunized the child, give them BCG, then we expect them to be able to fight and not develop the infection. Uh, But sometimes the immune system is, for whatever reason, manutrition, other reasons, is not optimum, and then it is easy for the, uh, the bacteria to now develop into serious infection and to make the children sick. And like we said, children always catch tuberculosis from people close to them adults close to them. Interestingly, children do not tend to infect children with tuberculosis because children don't tend to cough. They don't tend to cough out. But people that cough out, so if somebody has what we call an open tuberculosis, in other words, they have tuberculosis pneumonia, they have infection in their lungs with tuberculosis, and they are coughing out. Each time they cough out or sneeze, they are releasing thousands and millions of the Mycobacterium tuberculosis bacteria and children everybody around them as you know inhaling that and if the child's immunity is not up to the task that child will develop infection so most children usually get um tuberculosis. This is why we normally stress getting the BCG vaccine before taking the children no more. Even if you're taking them home, keep them away from all the visitors that come to your house because some of them may have tuberculosis and they don't know. And most people, usually culturally in Africa, in Nigeria, everybody wants to carry the baby. Everybody wants to hug the baby. Everybody wants to kiss the baby. And most some of these will cough, sneeze and they are releasing, even talking, they are releasing the germs and our baby, who is not yet gotten the BCG immunization, who, is not been, who has little or no immunity, are at risk. Our grandparents have come to visit, some of them have been coughing for months and they have tuberculosis, you don't know, they are not being treated and they can also infect our children. So this is very important for us to know. Um, because some of our children, even when they now develop the active tuberculosis later on, and we always ask the right, Oh, did you have any adult coughing? Anyone with chronic cough in your family? Mothers always say, No, no, nobody, nobody. But sometimes it could have been at the initial stage that the child has been infected, but it was latent and later now became active when the immunity drops. So it's very, very important for us to realize that. So uh, close contact, adults with tuberculosis, they are the main source of risk to our children catching tuberculosis. So as much as we can keep our children away from adults who have tuberculosis, um, they, should, they should not have tuberculosis. And all, also there are some children that are more at risk of tuberculosis. So uh, who are these children? Like I said, children who are living with adults who have been diagnosed with tuberculosis. So if somebody in your family, in your compound, has been diagnosed with tuberculosis, you don't really want children around them because those children are at serious risk from catching tuberculosis. Children who are less than five, obviously, you know, children under five children, they are still developing, developing immune system and all that. So they are actually very much at risk of having what we call the severe kind of tuberculosis. Children who already also have HIV, so HIV and tuberculosis they are like uh, I would like to of them, like brother and sister, they tend to go together and it's a very bad combination. So if somebody has HIV, their chances of developing tuberculosis is much, much higher compared to somebody who doesn't have HIV. Again, children with severe malnutrition, this is why pediatricians, we are always so particular about nutrition. And most people, we always accuse us that... I can't finish a whole story without talking about exclusive breastfeeding, We didn't talk about all this nutrition issue. Today is about tuberculosis, but I'm going back to nutrition. You now see the link. Malnutrition in children is always a uh, what we call it like a, a a risk or a, an underlying factor for most other problems that children can have. And that's why we want the children's nutrition to always be certain. If the nutritional status is up optimum. It's very, very difficult for children to get sick because they themselves will fight those that infection to a certain extent. But once the nutrition status is already uh, down or not optimum, it is very easy for every other thing else to come on top, whether it's malaria, whether it's tuberculosis, whether it's meningitis. This is why nutrition is a big deal for us as pediatricians. We know that our own children's nutrition status are optimum. They are able to deal with many other issues. So that's why we don't joke around nutrition. That's why we preach about exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months. And after six months, breast milk is no longer enough. You need to do nutrition and we should not take it lightly you if our children are not gaining weight uh you need to listen to the podcast or the broadcast on growth and which i've talked about a few months ago please listen to it because it's very important when children's growth uh nutritional status are not optimum it's it's like invitation for every other illness to come in into this into this stage so severe malnutrition is also a risk factor for tuberculosis so this is very very important so children with severe malnutrition hiv children under the age of five children who are living with adults who have been diagnosed with open active tuberculosis those are the ones that have risk of having tuberculosis so if you have uh, any of those risk factors in your child or in your setting right now you really need to listen to this podcast because it's so important that we recognize a child is developing tuberculosis on time and then we manage it appropriately all right. So like I said, children under the under the age of five, they are more at risk because their immune system is not yet fully developed. And that's why we help those immune system with immunization. And this is why you cannot afford not to take your children for immunization. So now let's talk about what are the symptoms? How do you know? If your child has tuberculosis, what are those symptoms and signs that you should watch out for when you think about tuberculosis? Like I said, there are two kinds of tuberculosis. There's a latent TB infection. Somebody can have TB infection and not have any symptoms. So the child has TB, but no symptoms. The child is not having any symptoms whatsoever. The child is going around and doing everything as normal. So the child has latent TB. And those children, they don't have any signs or any symptoms at all. However, for children who have active TB, what are the symptoms that they will have cough? You know, especially cough that is going on for three weeks. So I always see a lot of mothers ask me questions on Facebook, and they're like, my child had a cough for one month, and I, I, and they are not seeing it as something serious. So I just want to let you know that any cough fact that's going more than two weeks you know i uh no three weeks (laughs) but i usually say from after two weeks you really need to start thinking about it's becoming what we call chronic cough and any cough that is chronic one of the things we want to be sure is not present is tuberculosis okay because tuberculosis Tuberculosis, kind of pneumonia, is one of the causes of chronic cough. It is not the only one. you can also have uh, asthma, any of those things. But one thing we really need to rule out is uh, tuberculosis, especially if that chronic cough is associated with other things like fever. If your child is having fever that is going on for so long, again, you know, and some of us when our children have fever, we always think only of malaria, 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 malaria. And Lagosians also like to add typhoid to the mist. But I want to let you know that one of the things that could make children to have fever that doesn't seem to go despite all your malaria treatment it could be tuberculosis, all right? So fever that is going on, usually within one month, you know, the child is always having fever. You've treated malaria, you've given antibiotics, some of you even give antibiotics and all that, but the fever is very persistent. It could actually be tuberculosis. So cough that is going on for three weeks, usually after two weeks, I'm already having my antenna hub. Fever, usually if you don't have that fever and cough going on for that, long enough uh two weeks three weeks one month yes we have to think about tuberculosis so everything is not always malaria everything is not always malaria another one is weight loss if a child is losing weight so i see a lot of mothers my child is eating well my child is eating well but the child is also losing weight tuberculosis could be in the picture so fever long um, uh, chronic fever chronic cough Weight loss, those are some of the symptoms that will alert us to uh, tuberculosis. Another one is night sweat, so children will sweat a lot in the night. I really need to uh, put some caveats around that because some of us uh, uh we live in places where electricity is not regular so your <laughs> house is hot so everybody's sweating and our weather you know is hot and humid so it's not unusual for people to sweat but i'm talking of a child who sweats a lot even you know you're using fine you're using ac windows i hope Everybody is not sweating but this child is always sweating all every night it could be a sign of tuberculosis as well. So, these are some of the symptoms that we can see. So, if it, all child is having symptoms going on for too long, fever, cough, uh, weight loss, night sweats, unexplained symptoms as well, then we have to think of possibility of tuberculosis. We are not seeing each other's tuberculosis yet, but it could be a sign of tuberculosis in that uh, age group. Now, but like i said it's also possible that the child may not have any symptoms whatsoever um you should also know that tuberculosis can affect other organs uh so for example if a child has meningitis, tuberculosis, meningitis, they will have fever, they will have, they may have convulsion. they may have neck stiffness, they may have what we call uh pisotinous position, they have like the arcing of their back, you know, they throw their neck backwards and, you know, they, there are other symptoms, but usually most of the time those ones are more dramatic so people tend to go to the hospital uh, a, a lot for those kind of symptoms, but sometimes it may not come as dramatic like that. So, But the most important thing is to have a high index of suspicion, and that is what we do as doctors. And this is because tuberculosis diagnosis in children is very difficult. Honestly, it's quite difficult, and it's one of the main challenges we have as pediatricians. You know, in adults, they tend to have cough two weeks, they are coughing up blood, they are losing weight, even most uh, neighbors <laughs> can diagnose that it's, it could be tuberculosis. So, but in children they may not have any symptoms. One number two, they may have symptoms, but you know these are symptoms that children also have for other conditions. So they may say have fever for malaria. They may say have cough. Most children these days, everybody is complaining. My child is coughing, coughing. especially once they start school, uh, so so parents tends to. Uh, self-medicate our children and they don't want to go to the hospital because they don't think of tuberculosis at all. And we yet we have a lot of us living in an household with adults who have been coughing for two, three weeks. Thank God for at least COVID now. People are now wary of people coughing around them and all that. But then before people usually don't bother, people are coughing, they just say that's no big deal. But somebody who is coughing for too long in your household, have tuberculosis and if they are not tested you will not know they have tuberculosis and you will not know that your children have been at risk. so diagnosis of tuberculosis in children can be very very difficult and usually what i'll recommend that if your child is losing weight is having fever having cough going on for too long or having symptoms that you think is malaria or this or that and you've done the usual treatment, you've gone to see your general doctors, you've treated and the child is not getting better, please take your child either to a general hospital or to a teaching hospital where they can see a pediatrician because sometimes it take a pediatrician who is thinking outside the box to suspect that this child may actually have tuberculosis and then we need to screen the child for tuberculosis. So sometimes we have to do tests to screen each other for tuberculosis. So simple tests like full counts and ESR. So in children with tuberculosis, the ESR tends to be very elevated and that may be a pointer to us. We also do chest x-ray and if we do chest x-ray, for children who have been coughing for so long, that sometimes we may see something on the chest x-ray, it may not be as dramatic, but we may see something sometimes that can point us in the direction of possible uh, tuberculosis. Or sometimes we may have to do some tests for tuberculosis itself. Uh, so there are some blood tests, there are some skin tests like Mantu, and that we, uh, there are some other kind of tests we do that can help us to to suspect tuberculosis. So these days, we are beginning to have more um, um, more ways of diagnosing tuberculosis. Sometimes we have to do what we call even blood culture. Uh, it's not easy, but there are uh, scientists are working hard all the time to help us develop uh, more kind of tests that will quickly help us to diagnose tuberculosis in children. Uh, some of them may be simple, but they may not be very specific. So it's always a balance between the two, but we tend to rely more on our clinical um, uh, skills, you know, on our suspicion. And sometimes if we are not sure the tests are negative, but we strongly suspect tuberculosis, sometimes what we do is to do what we call therapeutic trial. So we start the child on treatments and see whether the child responds to the treatment for tuberculosis. And sometimes that is only when we know. If the child responds, uh, then we know that, okay, yes, it is actually uh, tuberculosis. I remember a child on ATP that came um, that came that was posted i always liked the story of this child because it's one of the things that i always remember atp4 i remember this mother posting a picture of a child who is not eating, who is not gaining weight and i think at that time that child was almost um how uh, i think a year old and that child was weighing four kilos and you know when the mom posted that picture on our facebook group I mean, it was very dramatic. Everybody was, I remember people sending me inbox like, what? What is going on? We are this is a Ni- This is Nigeria. This is not Somalia. We're not having war or something, but you are seeing those kind of pictures of children you see in war some countries. And I remember you know, getting, I, uh, you know, there are some pictures you see, you know, you need to just go and get this person directly. And I remember messaging that mom, like, can you get in touch with me? Uh, luckily, one of our members then said that she's ready to support the financially uh, treatment of the child. And I remember the mom uh, getting back to me. And then I was still working at the Lagos University the hospital. I was in a teaching the hospital as a pre so I thought I'd bring this child to Lowe's. And when the child came to us, the child has been losing weight and all that. You know, immediately we saw that, saw that child, uh, we strongly suspect that the child may have tuberculosis. I'm not even sure we got enough confirmation, but we started that child on tuberculosis treatment and, of course, nutritional rehabilitation, feeding, and YouTube. And the child responded beautifully you know the child responded so well and uh, within a month or so with this child that child and i remember that child came coming to see me for follow-up like a month or so after that and this child has gone from four kilos to 8.6 within just one or two months and that was just tuberculosis treatment so that child was losing weight the mom was you know tearing her hair out thinking that she's feeding this child but the child is not getting away, the child could not even see, the child's uh, developmental milestones were nothing to write home about. But with, when we started treating the child for tuberculosis and within when the child came back to see me for follow-up, that child was already sitting up. You can't even believe it, I have a picture of that child on our Facebook group, uh, I didn't know I'm going to talk about it, I would have brought it up here free, you know, as at the time the child was posted on our Facebook group, and when the child came to me for follow-up, you you know, I just took a picture as well. You wouldn't know it's the same child. The child has Rapidly transform, and that shows you what tuberculosis can do in a child. Sometimes you may think it's just got it's, it's not food, food, maybe you're not giving the right food, it's malnutrition. Sometimes this is tuberculosis, and that's one of the signs of uh, tuberculosis. You are, the child is eating, and you know, but the child is not getting weight, the child is not thriving, and then we have to think about tuberculosis. And sometimes we just need to start the treatment and for the child to get better. So, usually, there are tests we do, we try to do the test sometimes the test could be positive and show us but i'm just also like you know that sometimes the test could come back negative but if we have enough strong suspicion we're going to treat the child and see whether the child responds to the treatment or not so in terms of treating tuberculosis well, we have treatment for tuberculosis it's one of those conditions that we don't need to tear our head out uh, we can actually treat a child for tuberculosis, there are antibiotics, we call them anti-tuberculosis drugs. And it's a scary, but it's one of those beautiful conditions that you can treat and you can get rid of. It's not like cancer, it's not like HIV. It's one of those conditions that you can treat the child. And, and I, that particular child I was referring to um, is CB3, it's doing well, for uh, the last time I saw so children can actually it's people with tuberculosis can be completely treated and they can be free but the difference between tuberculosis and most of other bacterial infection is that the treatment for tuberculosis is not a one week seven days ten days two weeks kind of treatment the treatment for tuberculosis is long okay the minimum we do sometimes is six months sometimes we're doing it for two years so if your child has got tuberculosis in the bone and sometimes we are still on it for two years it takes us a long time to Fully, fully treat tuberculosis. Number two, it's not a one drug treatment. The treatment for tuberculosis is a multi drug kind of treatment. So we combine sometimes three drugs, sometimes four drugs because of the uh, the the that particular uh, tuberculosis bacteria is so wise. And it tends to change and it can develop what we call drug resistance. So it will s- to stop responding to our drugs. So which is why we cannot afford to use one drug. So we kind of attack it from multiple angles. So it's very difficult for a, 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 a an infectious agent to escape when you attack kids from multiple angles. So we use like three, four drugs, but sometimes parents struggle with that. So what we try to do is that sometimes some of those drugs, we combine them together. So even though there are three, four drugs, they are, you give it as one, maybe one tablet or something like that. Uh, but the thing is that you have to be patient to make sure that if your child has been prescribed to tuberculosis treatment, Please, it is not one week, it is not two weeks. We, and sometimes it's very difficult for parents to understand why do I seem need to keep giving my child drugs when my child is looking well, which <laughs> is one of the challenges we have tuberculosis. And so because it's a drug, it's a an infection that can stay long in the body without even causing any problem. So when we're treating it, we have to treat it and completely eradicate it from the body because if not, it will just sit down there quietly and then sometime down the line, it will get reactivated and the child will have active tuberculosis and become healed again. So the treatment for tuberculosis is long. It's minimum of six months. Sometimes we do one year. Sometimes we can go as high as three years and we're checking up. So please, if your child is on treatment for tuberculosis, don't give up early and say, Oh, but the child is better now and i know a lot of mothers even to complete one week of antibiotics some of us struggle <laughs> you know also our children are running around and they're happy with it oh, i don't need to give the drugs again so please i'm going to beg you today please always finish your antibiotics this is one of the challenges we are having currently what we call drug resistance these germs that we are fighting against they are very very wise so if you don't finish your drugs they will modify themselves and the next time when we give your child that particular drug for the same bacteria or jam or whatever it's not going to work because the jam or the bacteria or the virus or whatever may or the fungal may have developed some resistance to that particular drug and unfortunately we are not producing newer drugs as much as we would love to in other words The drugs that we have, they're still the ones we have. We don't have too many new drugs, so the pharmacist will tell you that. So What that means is that we have to make sure that the drugs that we have, they work because it can be fatal. If a child has an infection, and none of our drugs are going to work because the, the the jam has developed resistance against them. We are always in a dilemma. What are we going to do? And this is one of the challenges we have with tuberculosis, because there are some of it that especially uh, species of it that would develop what we call multi-drug resistance. So they don't respond to our isoniazid, acid, our rifampicin and all that. And then we're like, what do we do? So we usually go to what we call second line drugs. But the second line drugs, number one, they are more expensive. They have more terrible side effects. Some of them are injections. And you know in children, we don't like to be giving them injections. How we want to give a child injection for six months? You know? So it's quite difficult. So um, we want them to respond to the first line drugs, but that relies on we parents completing those treatments. So please uh, and this is why sometimes Sometimes the because uh, tuberculosis is a public health issue. Uh, sometimes they send you people to watch you, make sure you take your drugs. So we have what we call directly observed therapy, DOT. In other words, people from the Ministry of Health, they will come especially for the adult to make sure you're actually giving those, you're actually swallowing those drugs. <laughs> we monitor you because if we don't monitor you each person who has tuberculosis who is not properly treated is a danger to everybody around them because the person is going to spread tuberculosis to other people around them and that is the danger Especially to our children pediatrics because our children are the ones that are seriously at risk from those people so adults have to be treated and our children have to be treated and the treatments must be completed please they must be completed uh don't get tired Make sure you go for your follow up. Usually, sure we'll give you the drugs. The drugs are free. It's one of those conditions that we treat for free in mo- almost all the states. Also, say it's tuberculosis, they- we have dedicated um, uh, departments that that's all they do, they just treat tuberculosis adult children and they will give you the drugs for free and they will monitor you for free and they will just make sure because we are working hard to get to the end of this tuberculosis epidemic because tuberculosis is actually should not be giving us problem it is curable it's treatable it's preventable so why should we be having problem with it so the problem with this is that it's not a easy thing we have to it's not a one-day kind of treatments kind of condition is six months, nine months, one year. So people sometimes get tired of it, but I want to encourage adults or families of those who are on medication please try and complete your treatment and i think another issue that people also have around tuberculosis is the stigma uh, actually in nigeria i don't know southwest especially we tend to stigmatize people that have tuberculosis and there's a way people talk about it but tuberculosis is just like any other infection it is it's just like any other infection i mean people have uh, like staphylococcus uh, infection, though the uh, drug seller has bastardized uh, staff. You know, everything is staff. No, don't believe those nonsense. They tell you they know, you have strep infection, but there are so many infections we all have infection that cause boys and all that. And it's just the same thing with tuberculosis. You know, it's just that it's a little bit more of a stubborn kind of <laughs> bacteria that require longer treatment. So please do not. Stigmatized people that have tuberculosis and the reason why people that's why people, some people who have it are trying to hide and they don't want to come out for treatment because people will be like, ah he has tuberculosis let me not go near him and you know all that no you should not be ashamed or should not be stigmatized or should not be fearful of coming out for treatment it's better to just seek help and like I said it's free. The treatment is free. The World Health Organization, Albury Organization, the Ministry of Health—they are sinking millions of dollars every year. In, I say millions, billions of dollars every year into getting to to us stopping tuberculosis. So, and it's in the it's in the SDGs. So, it's really something very important for you to make it to it's not every illness or disease that will make it to the uh sustainable development goals so for tuberculosis to be one of it it shows you how really serious and global it is so it's nothing to be ashamed of it is something to get uh treatment for and just to so add that children who have tuberculosis they are not infectious, so if your child has tuberculosis, you don't need to be scared that your child is going to infect other children with tuberculosis. Or, um, no, you don't have to be scared at all. Children do not infect children or adults, it is the adults that infect our children. So, like, your child can go to school if they have tuberculosis on their treatment. So, please do not, um, uh, do not uh delay children from getting unless the health professional, unless your doctors tell you okay to keep your child away from school but otherwise you should not do that so initially within two weeks of treatment uh, most people are no longer infectious within two, two weeks the the active infection also saturation within two weeks they are no longer infectious and then the other treatment is just to make sure we kill the bacteria completely and that's why we treat it for months to get rid of every bit of it that is hiding in the body. All right. And what else can we do to prevent? So those who have tuberculosis, that doesn't mean that um, there are ways by which we can help them to prevent spreading it. So number one, hand washing. I think we have all learned that during uh, COVID uh, pandemic, which is slightly coming back a bit, but I think we are not as scared of it anymore. But please, let's not forget all the lovely things that we learned about uh, covid and washing that principle applies to many of these infections so it's not only about covid so let's make sure we wash our hands regularly uh when you want to cough don't cough to the entire world you can cough or sneeze into the elbow or you into a tissue and then you go flush it away straight away in the toilet you know and uh, let's make sure our house our ventilator one of the easiest way for people to get tuberculosis is people who live in overcrowded situation you know where you have 10 five you know uh five ten people living together in one small room you know it's very easy for adults who have tuberculosis in that situation to spread the germs. so let's make sure the windows are always open some of us well, because we're afraid of cold or teas, and we always want to close our windows ideally you should always leave your windows open we need that ventilation we need hair coming in here going out so there should be cross good ventilation that will also reduce the risk of um tuberculosis so those are the things that we can do. all right finally finally I can't end this presentation without talking about prevention because I've already told you like several times during the course of this broadcast that tuberculosis is preventable. It's preventable. And how do we prevent tuberculosis? We have an immunization against tuberculosis and that is the BCG don't worry about the full <laughs> the full names, OK? Yeah, but most importantly for you to know, we call it BCG. That's the only vaccine we still have against tuberculosis. We've been trying to develop other ones, uh, but we've not developed. They are not as effective as BCG, so we're still stuck with BCG. Hopefully, maybe down the line, we may get another one. So um, BCG is usually given at birth. So for those of you who don't know, the reason why we give your children BCG is to prevent tuberculosis, especially what we call the severe form of tuberculosis. Because honestly, BCG is not uh, unrepresented foolproof protection against tuberculosis. So you still need to take care of all the precautions. Avoid adults who have tuberculosis make sure your house are well-ventilated, avoid overcrowded situation and all that. But that BCG will protect your children from having severe tuberculosis, tuberculosis meningitis, uh, disseminated tuberculosis, and hand uh, um, holders, like tuberculosis of the kidneys and bones and stuff like that. So it's very, very important that our children get their BCG immunization. BCG is given at birth. It's the first... Immunization For those of us who live in Nigeria, in places where we call uh, TB endemic situa- uh, countries, we give it as birth For those of you who live in UK, in US, where TB is not a major problem for them, and even then they are still very careful, making sure they screen everybody will come into their country so that if they... Have tuberculosis they treat them quickly for them they don't always give it but if you are from africa and you're in nigeria if you live in the uk and you know you always go back home uh, you know, every now and then, you can ask for your child to be immunized with BCG, alright? So make sure you ask for it. So even though they may not be routinely, but if you, if you ask that you want your child to be immunized with BCG, even in the UK, you'll be given the BCG immunization. But in Nigeria, we give everybody because we are one of those countries with the highest number of cases of tuberculosis, just like we are blessed with so many other things so we have to give our own children, BCG has birth and it is something your child should take I know BCG is one of those vaccines, we call it multi-dose via vaccine, so once they open one bottle they can give it to many children and so they cannot open one bottle for every single child at every time so uh, hospitals that are not so busy uh, they try to do the BCG vaccination in on one day so that they bring, they pull the children together so that when they open the via, all the children will take it at once. Rather than open one via for one child, that's a waste of vaccine and we cannot afford to waste vaccine. I know that vaccine is free to you, but it's not free. It's, it's the government is paying for it. Somebody is paying. So even though you are getting it for free. So that is why sometimes they don't give the BCG immunization But they actually to come back on a Thursday or, or the end of the month or whatever. But the most important thing is that you go and get it as soon as possible. And while you're waiting to get your BCG if your child has not been given at birth, some of you are lucky you deliver your baby just before the day they are going to give you, so you get it straight away. But if you are going home before you get your BCG, please take precautions and keep your child away from all the well-wishes. I always like to emphasize that people that come to greet people, uh, greet. He visits you after you have a the baby. They didn't come to visit the baby. They come to visit you, not the baby. It's so important that you don't give your baby to everybody to be carrying and cuddling and all that. I know there's support to it because we felt it's a culture thing. Right oh yeah, let mama carry the baby. Like, Please, this is wrong. It is a very wrong practice and it's a dangerous practice. Please, let's keep the baby away from all those visitors. Let the baby stay in the room in their courts or whatever you go greet your visitors do whatever you want to do with them and go they don't need to touch the baby i'm very serious about it they don't need to touch the baby they can see the baby through the baby's calls or whatever if they have to or they don't really need to see the baby the baby doesn't need to see that (laughs) okay well and let them and even the people that are family members please let them wash their hands with soap and water before touching the baby if somebody is coughing please if you are coughing don't go visit somebody who just had a baby. Don't go visit somebody who has a baby. Please stay home. Make sure you get yourself tested and treated in case you have tuberculosis. These are things, these are kindness we should be giving to our neighbors. And this, let's be very mindful of it. Most of us are not mindful of it, but it is something important that we're very mindful of these things. And for you, the mothers, please take responsibility, take ownership. Nobody needs to carry the baby. I'm very serious about that. If they have to, if maybe it's a grandmother, or whatever, they must wash their hands. They should not touch the baby if they are coughing, alright? So they should just not even visit you at that time until they are well. Anybody who is coughing for long, our elderly family members, please don't let them come visit the baby until they are well. Make sure they get tested. Make sure, and I'm serious because as pediatricians, this is what we see all the time. Children who are having tuberculosis and it's from very close family members, elderly people who have come from the village who are living with the tuberculosis, and you know they just come to spread it to our children. So please, let's take ownership. Let's take uh, responsibility as well. In some countries, they give the children the BCG vaccine at the age of fifteen years. So follow whatever they do in your country. But for those of us in Africa, in Nigeria, we give it at birth. And please, it's so important to do that. So thank you so much for listening. I've been talking about tuberculosis. Uh, tuberculosis is still one of those serious killer diseases. Um, so we really need to get rid of it. Luckily, it's treatable, it's curable, it's preventable, please. And one last thing. If your child has missed BCG, you can always take it. Even if they are now older, adults, it doesn't matter. BCG is a vaccine a child can take At any time, whichever year you remember, but the best thing is to make sure the child has taken it early. So, because sometimes before we give it again, we need to be sure the child is already not having latent tuberculosis infection, and so we need to do that. I forgot to mention for some of you, if your baby does not have the BCG scar, so usually when you give the BCG after six weeks, baby should have a BCG scar. We normally check for that when you go for your next six weeks immunization. If your child does not have the BCG scar, that's not to panic because the BCG is giving into the skin. And sometimes some of our health professionals, they don't give it properly. They give it through tape, So the child will not have a BCG scar. So what we normally do is to do a mantle test to test the baby first, whether the child has a BCG uh, reaction that we expect or not. If the child has it, then that's fine. It doesn't need to have a scar. But if the child does not have that reaction, then we need to check that the baby has not developed tuberculosis, like through a chest x ray and all that. If the child doesn't have any infection, then we can give the BCG vaccine again all right so if you have any question remember you can post a question on ask the pediatrician facebook group uh, from monday to saturday and i'll be happy to answer your question you can always email me as Dr. at Dr. at or you can also email ask at gmail.com thank you so much and have a wonderful wonderful week bye
0: Are you a mother, father or you are involved in caring for children? If yes, then listen to Ask the Pediatricians every Thursday by 10 am, for insightful discussion on popular child health topics such as dangerous child health practices, immunization, infant feeding, developmental milestones and so much more. You also get to ask questions on these topics and listen to answers to real-life child health issues by a pediatrician. Ask the Pediatricians Foundation is devoted to health education and information of parents and caregivers of children in the community to support you in raising healthy children. Don't miss Ask the Pediatricians with Dr. Gumi because it's informative, educative, and interactive. Ask the Pediatricians Hour, the program for caring parents.